listeners to episode 20 of the Empty Rooms of Gorski Manor. The clock is striking 12. Midnight, ringing through the empty halls and empty rooms of the manor, the hour of ancient superstitions, a witching hour, a most powerful time for magics. Is our journey complete? Has the spell fully been cast? Our dear companions of four stood in the tall, cool grass of a new day, watching the sun fully rise and burst into the morning sky. Before us, the now-empty pond of mirrors lay quietly. The chalk drawing looked down over us, its human figure standing, arms reaching to the sky, feet firmly planted within the ground, in a pose of rune stance, calling on the anchored energies of the rune of Calc. And within this outline, three spirals spun in the flickering light of the sun, one spiral within its head, one spiral within its heart, and one spiral within its belly. Harry Gorsky. The spiral stirred the air, sending three winds down to us and on down to the manor below. Yet there should be a fourth wind, the balance of the four cardinal directions, the balance within the manor grounds. As if in answer to my thoughts, as the manor and its inhabitants have so often willingly shared, these winds visibly twisted and turned. I could see the final fourth wind emanate from the manor. Out of each window it flowed, twisting up into one, flowing forward to connect with the dance of the three. Now all was in harmony. North, south, east, and west. Northri, Sutri, Austra, and Vestri. I could sense the ancient dwarves within the clouds for each direction, sending great energy for the completion of this spell. Closing my eyes, I embraced what the winds brought forth. Visitors came forward out of the darkness of my place of knowing. Auth Humbla, the first mother, reindeer cow, she who fed and nurtured the first beings and gods of the north. Out of the south, I felt Mimir's presence, he who mentors with endless knowledge. Out of the west, I felt Hela's presence, she who mentors for compassion, not pity. And out of the east, I felt Odin's presence, he who mentors with thought and memories. Ah, the winds here are all 
silent whispers at the edges of awareness, simple purpose, eternal contentment. These winds of insight swirled, pushed this way and that, weaving lovely, interesting thoughts within me, yet dissolving and quickly flowing, flowing the thoughts away. Lost, yet the feeling remained, down and up, round and through my heart. Another new thought of expansion, ready to take its place when needed. I opened my eyes and looked to Feathers, Simon, and Shadow. They too were embracing this precious present moment, near, dear, and all together. The wind's songs were unimaginable. Sounds, notes, melodies, rhythm, and harmonies. Weaving and combining all thoughts together. We stood there for timeless moments. I watched as the sun slowly crossed the sky. I watched as the moon slowly cross the sky again and again and again I finally felt the draw from the manor to look down and within it night had taken over its turn once again as I watched Within the manor, room by room, within window by window, a candle lit and now burned brightly, just like that first night when I found myself at the manor's gate. Yet, I just stood there, lost in peace, confident, comfortable that each tale has been told, each tale unbound, yet one more remained to be spoken. Across the inky black sky, a falling star, or perhaps a comet, slowly crossed over the manor, its shape mirroring the Cana's rune. However, flowing Merkstave, backwards, releasing its magical sparks of creativity in a long tail of endless ideas to be caught and birthed. I watched as it slowly crossed a black sun. This black sun gently drew my curious attention, holding it tightly in its grasp, a deep sight of wonderment free of anxiety to rush the process of understanding and completion of this journey.
the songs of the winds changed. They became focused. Inklings of our tail now loomed before us in the cobblestone road of Gorski Manor. Something now was afoot. In the distance, church bells toll far yet clear. Down the winding path, time flies, my poor dear. Lonely lantern lights your way far yet near. As the morning mist does fade, my poor dear. Through the trees, the
Harry hanged so very long ago. I wiped my eyes of the tears I had not realized I shed, dazed and saddened to my core from this bleak revelation, the heaviness in my heart almost too much to bear. Yet there before us he hung, found yet lost. What had he done to deserve this end? One is not usually hanged within their own garden. For the committing of nothing? A chill ran down my spine as a thought of something heinous or loathsome that he may have done. Ah, mistress, mistress, we must go. He waits. Feathers and Simon said with urgency. That shook me out of my despondency. Me still looking at him swaying there, wanting a proper explanation. As we began to walk down the hill very slowly, shadow floating along behind us. All was quiet on the cobblestone road. We passed the manor and went through the grounds into the secret walled garden. The vines were very thick and unyielding, but we were determined to push our way through. Once inside, it felt dark and stale within these bricks, the air so heavy and still. I felt the winds had abandoned me here in a place one does or should not go. Well, at least my companions were by my side. I should not have thought that thought, for as soon as I thought it, I knew they would go. Shadow disappeared first, one minute there, the next gone. Feathers flew into the sky, one long soft caw as she disappeared over the garden wall. Yet Simon remained, he, my first companion upon this journey, he who has a most special connection to Harry. Had I waited so long, waiting all these years for this? The image of my old Ouija board appeared in my thoughts. I saw it covered with holy water, splashed by my protective mother, cracks where she had tried to break it into pieces, but the board remained whole, waiting for what was to come. I noticed something black above the yes of the board. It was hard to see, but it looked like a keyhole or perhaps an animal paw print. Then the vision was gone. We approached the center of the garden, Simon and I, where gently Swaying from a large, dead branch of a huge oak tree, I could just make out the figure hanging there in the dark. 
I hesitated, feeling that sick feeling when being escorted to view the deceased at a funeral. My heart pounded so hard and loud within its resistance to this task. I did not want to see him like this. I swallowed hard, feeling a wave of lightheadedness pass through me. I felt Simon pull on my pant leg. I looked down to him and could see sympathy and concern in his eyes. He wanted me to pick him up. I gratefully did, and it was so soothing to hug him tight, causing deep releasing breaths to escape and ease a little of my inner tension. I remembered this unwanted feeling first at my grandfather's funeral, which was hard, but then at my grandmother's funeral, which was unbearable. I vowed at that time to never go to a funeral again. Such excess of grieving and sadness over and over again. And I never did. Yet here I was, I realize now, some things have to be lived through, even death. The chapel bells began to chime. A lantern light came to life, then another and another. I could hear blackbirds crying in the distance. Tears began to trickle once again, slowly from my eyes. From the darkness within the garden, a casket appeared, carried by six shadows, clothed in top hats and tailcoats. Slowly they passed us in silence. We followed, joining the procession. Step by step, we came closer to Harry. Clearer and clearer, his image grew. He was such a handsome man. Was. I tried to tell myself this happened so long ago, but it felt so real. We stopped before him. I looked to his face, hoping for some sign of life, but his eyes were closed, peacefully, thankfully, and his chest remained still. The bearers placed the casket beneath him. They gently lowered him from the tree, removing the rope and laying him within the box. They waited at its side, not looking at me, but I knew they waited for me. I walked over and knelt down by his casket. I gently touched his hand. He was still warm. One of the bears bent down and snipped a locket of his hair and gave it to me. My emotions burst forth as I accepted this wonderful gift. Why is this moment so hard? The unknown, the loss, being left behind, 
too many shadowy emotions all in one intense moment of time. Yet, this moment is not the end. It is a passage. They placed the cover upon his coffin, lifted him smoothly, and walked back into the shadows. I knelt there for a time, not wanting to move, giving my emotions the time needed to settle as best they could. Simon was a comfort, leaning and hugging against me. I knew he too had a deep connection with Harry. It must be hard for him to go through this once again. Yes, mistress. I felt the winds. They returned, gently touching me, caressing my hair, drying my tears. Softly at first, and then gaining in strength as I felt them push me to move forward. I looked to the rope, still swaying from the tree. Not a good end to a life. The morning sun broke over the top of the brick garden wall. Shining on the earthly ground beneath the rope, I noticed something reflected its light back to me. I got up and searched through the grasses, looking for what I knew I would find there. And yes, there it was, a rune stone of white. I picked it up looking at Kana's, the rune of the lighthouse, shining brightly, showing the way to safety. Another shiny thing caught my attention. I picked it up, my curiosity always there within me, pushing away the sadness for a brief second. The thing was furry, with a golden ring attached to it, so very soft and white. And what is this? Little claws? Oh my! I knew what this was. It was a rabbit's foot. I haven't seen these for years. They were so very prevalent in my youth, but an inhuman amulet in these current times. Were these from Harry? Did he leave them here for me? Or are they from the manor? I showed the rune to Simon and said, Here is the last stone needed for the clock spell. We must go back to the library so we can complete this spell. To finally understand it fully, although we do know so much from all the manor has shared so far. The rooms of Gorsky Manor are anything but empty. Blessings and hugs, dear listeners. In the distance, church bells toll, far yet close.